I've been trying to get into breakfast recently. Into breakfast? Yeah, you know me. I'm not a very, I'm you not, know, a, I'm not a very breakfast person. But I mean, I've been in the two years that we lived together. I don't think I saw you up for breakfast. Probably not. Uh, I'd only usually have breakfast when if I was up in the morning and it would just be my first meal. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have breakfast. I'd just have my first meal. Whatever food um, was, yeah. But yeah, I've I've been I've been I I I had a I've been having crave recently. Nice, good and choice. I, it's a bit of a a childish cereal. Like no, I, I had to, I had I used to always have the cinnamon Graham ones, like the mm. Crucely cinnamons. I wouldn't say I, crave is childish. I don't because I don't I don't really like the the usual cereal sort of texture or flavor, just like wet cardboard. But Crave, it's got some chocolate filling in it. And yeah, they, you've got, they, you've got they a bit brought, of flavor. They brought out the, the cookies and cream flavor. Right, yeah, yeah. So that was like chocolate, uh, uh, not biscuit, but chocolate cereal with the white chocolate. And I was like, nah. It's good. I'll have yeah, some yeah. of that. And so do you, it's, what, it's what, what type me. of milk do you have with it? Do you have regular milk? You just normal milk. milk? Uh, just the, regular. the green top. Green top. Green I top milk. That. It's one of them. I, I don't know. I think I, that's semi-skimmed, is it? I think it, I think it is. Yeah, red top is full fat. Right. And then yeah. blue top is... Skimmed? I would assume, if green is semi-skimmed. And then I, I've got oat. I've got oat milk. you got oat milk. Mm. That's what I've got in, in here. Oat milk. When, in, when, when we lived in Morningside, I tried to go for the... Uh, I, I tried to go for Oreo O's. Yes. Um... And I used to have vanilla milk with that. I think it was. I don't know if it was the so, the was soya, it the, the, the Alpro oat. stuff. Maybe. Yes, yeah, so that would have been soy. Right. Yeah. Um, wasn't a success, but the uh, crave yeah. with with so, normal milk has been quite. Successful. Soy milk, I think, has a really weird taste. I think oat milk's got a nice nice taste. Mm. I'm I'm not a big milk drinker, but I could have cereal with oat milk because I think it it's kind of porridgey. Yeah, gives a porridgey taste. I should try almond milk because I do love an almond. Yeah, try almond milk. Try coconut milk. Love some amaretto. Yeah, go, yeah. For, go for almond milk. Crave. Yeah, Who owns this. Crave? Is it Kellogg's? Yeah, Kellogg's. If you want to sponsor us, because I know you're listening, uh, go yeah. for it. What's that sugar that this the cereal that sponsors everyone? Raid Shadow Legend. Raid Shadow Legends. The cereal. Install Raid Shadow Legends and you can play the new dungeon. And then yeah. you have to pretend that you actually play Raid Shadow Legends. No one plays it. No one plays it. Hello fellow Whovians, welcome to Who Do Who Think Who Are. This is a Doctor Who Rewatch Movie Podcast hosted by me, George Steele, and Cultaholic and Jumper Jumps, Fraser Porter. Hey Jordy, we're back for another episode. Uh, it's an exciting one, and it was a surprising one. It was. We, we on the build-up to this episode, we haven't been very positive about it, seeing that it is, uh, it it's is written. It's, it's chin balls. Um, but um, I got to say I was pleasantly surprised by this episode. Yeah, I think I think um, we both kind of were. I, I watched this a couple weeks back, and then you messaged me last night, being mm. like, 
Oh, this isn't as this is bad as I remember. Yeah, I remember it. But I think we both walked away with the same impression. From yeah, it. like um, it wasn't. I wasn't looking forward to it, not just because it was it was chin balls, but like on previous watches, it had been a boring sort of forgettable episode. But I I, I quite enjoyed it going in in a in a analysis sort of outlook. Oh, it was much. It was much better than I was expecting it to be, and the the fact that like, I would probably, when I was younger, not appreciate this episode at all. Mm. Like, I don't think this stuck out to me, especially when, in my mind, it goes alongside the Dalek two-parter, which I didn't like, the Lazarus project or experiment, which I didn't yes. like, and then forty-two, which it's like, it's likely going to be not as good because it's Chibnall. It's it's kind of a yeah. weird concept that's not as good as it could be, but I think yeah, they've uh, they've surprised us here. Yeah, I wonder I wonder how we'd perceive it having not just watched Lazarus Experiment. Um, I think probably I I didn't watch them in the same sitting, right? So I I watched them like a week apart. Um. Well, yeah, same, but like. Oh yeah, yeah. I I I think. It would still be received positively compared to to Lazarus, mm. and I think, regardless, we've gone in with expect. It, it's not really how we would react if we hadn't watched Lazarus. It's how would we react if Chibnall wasn't the writer? Yeah. Or how would we react if we knew what Chibnall's quality is now? Because this, if you showed me this and went, the guy who wrote this is going to be the head writer for Doctor Who, I'd be like, cool. This, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm on I'm behind that. Where did he go wrong? Where yeah, I don't I think maybe if maybe we shouldn't look too much into it, but maybe a lot of what's good in this episode and all the positives falls upon the director, possibly. I mean And possibly, the fact that Russell is show running it. I think Chibnall is a much better writer when he's under someone mm-hmm. than when he's the one that's making the big calls. Give him one episode. When he's the sub. Not the Dom. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I'm trying to think what ones he wrote in the most recent series. Like, what's his episodes? And if there's any good standout ones. The Woman Who Felt Earth is alright. It's mm. alright, it's passable. Uh, I like Kerplunk. He didn't write uh, the the Jadun one, did he? Uh, the no, Fugitive. He did. Yeah, oh, did I think he, he, did. Oh, I think he was co-writer his, on it. That's his... Yeah. Oh, co-writer. Yeah. 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 But have you seen Danny Boyle's Sunshine Fraser? <laughs> uh, I have. Yeah, and it's it's um. Is one of your trivia points gonna be this episode was highly inspired by uh, Danny Boyle's Sunshine? No, because oh, right. um, Sunshine released like two or three weeks after this, <gasps> or round about the same time anyway. Ah. So there's no inspiration from that. However, there's a couple things in this the episode. Trailer. <laughs> that they changed right because how close it was releasing to sunshine and then they realized oh we've just got that that's oh, no. our plot yeah oh, they've done it better yeah oh, oh my god no. they've got they've got a better budget and they've got like <laughs> big actors in it yeah fraser would you like to hear my rap that i've written for 42 oh it's a rap this time a let's rap. do it let's do it here we go 42 
What you gonna do? The meaning of life but the ending for you. The sun is ablazing, possessing and chasing the crew members of this deep space faring station. We dealing with space god? The temperature's too hot. Yes, run, but please do not hide in an escape pod. Nice. That was very... That was very Hamilton. Thank you. I could feel a lot of Hamilton influences, a little bit of Lin-Manuel Miranda. I feel Lin-Manuel like you keep saying it's Hamilton whenever I do a rap. That's kind of where I see where your, your influence comes from. It wasn't quite Eminem. I feel it was more Lin-Manuel Miranda because it's it's a, it's a more fun. It's, you know, you're not telling folk to, to go die. You're being no. like, don't die. Don't die. Yeah, don't get an escape pod. Please. So yeah, it was good. I was good rap. Well done. Um, how long did it take you to work on that one? Uh, I wrote that on my walk with the dogs. Nice, nice. Good effort. Good effort. Thank you. Forty two is season three, episode uh, seven, and it is directed by Graham Harper, who previously directed uh, last season's Cybermen and the finale two parters, and it is written by chris chibnall yay everyone's favorite chris chibnall everyone's favorite after giving martha access to universal roaming on her phone a frequent flyer's privilege she and the doctor end up on a spaceship and quickly thrust into adventure as the crew of the station run to the same room as them doors closing behind them and locking the tardis away when asked the when asking about the reason for the crew's panic, the ship answers their question by announcing that they have 42 minutes until the sp- until the ship crashes into the sun. Really cool intro. I quite like this intro and the fact that it immediately sets the dangers of the episode, it sets the urgency of the episode, mm. and it introduces you to all the characters, or most of the main ones at that yeah. one point. I will say, though, it just... I feel it just happens too fast. Like, it's, it's just... It's like, it, oh, you were here. It's literally the opening of Impossible Planet. Yes, it is. Now, the, the whole the whole episode is Impossible Planet. Yes. But it's the exact same. I like when, when the intro is like that, and it's just snappy and quick. Yeah. And we get them in there. But yeah, it's, so like, it's... Oh, we're on a spaceship. We've crash-landed. Oh, there's the crew. Oh, can't get back to the TARDIS because it's... Instead of circling a black hole, it's falling into a sun. Yeah. And it's... I'm glad that the TARDIS was locked off from them because mm-hmm. I like episode I, As much as I like when they use the TARDIS in episodes, just by going, we can't access it, it eliminates so much more and it, it, it raises the stakes of the yeah. episode. The Captain Kath McDonnell of the SS Pentalion explains that the engines have mysteriously shut down and ejected from the ship. The Doctor finds that the ship uses an outlawed model of engines and that they've been purposely tampered with. The Doctor and Captain McDonnell head to the medical bay where they find a man named Hal, Kath's husband, writhing in pain and in need of sedation. He screams, it's burning me, and refuses to open his eyes before the Doctor sedates him. As the crew leave, medical attendant Abby Lerner begins running scans on Hal, not noticing him twitching. Do Abby you recognize Lerner, Do you recognize the last who plays Abby? Um I did, but I didn't look it up, and I'm trying to think now. She is Okay. There's two uh, characters that I'm thinking of. One one in Sherlock and one in Doctor oh, Who. Oh well she's one of the 
she's she's the what like one of the 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 crime scene investigators. Yes, she's one of the one um, of the cops. Yeah, in in Sherlock. Uh, and what other character Doctor does she Who? play? In Doctor Who, she plays another character. She plays another Doctor character. Who. Yeah. Oh. I. I can give does you. She, does she you play it as her, or does she play it with like makeup and stuff on? No, she plays it as her. She's, yeah. I I don't know. I can't think. Okay. Um. It is. More recent. There's t- a lot of time has passed. I think it was ten years between episodes. Mm. And it was a Chibnall era. Was it Chibnall era? Yeah. So he brought her back to play someone. Did he play? Did she play Rosa Parks? She played Rosa Parks. Ah. And I'll rise up. I'm trying to think of what I've seen her in recently. Like she feels really yeah, she feels very familiar in terms of she was in Black Mirror as well. Oh, I think. she's in Boiling Point. Right. If you haven't seen Boiling Point, seen you Boiling should watch Point. it. It's a, a one take film set in a, in a in a kitchen. Is that the kitchen one? Uh, yeah. It's on Netflix, right? I think so. Yes. Go watch it now. Not you. We're doing a. We're doing a show. Oh, okay. But yes. Uh, Abby Lerner. It just makes me think of Hot Fuzz. It sounds like a Hot Fuzz. Abby Lerner. It's uh it's yeah, it makes me think of Hot Fuzz and then Young Frankenstein because Abby yeah, yeah. Normal. Abby Normal. Abby I'll, something. I, okay, yeah, I can get I can see where you're coming from with both those those takes. Yeah. Martha and crew member Riley Vashti begin making their way through the ship to the control room to access backup engines, unlocking doors to each section with answers to questions about the ship. However, they find that the questions have been changed from ones only they'd know the answers to to ones only the Doctor or Martha or Martha's mum can answer. How convenient. Yeah. I uh, wonder if when when writing the episode, Russell told him this is the episode where she's going to get the, 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 the call. Universal roaming, yeah. Yeah, and then... Or if he asked to, so that he could do this, because this is quite—it's—it's it's quite a, a fun sort of setup where she calls her mum in the present to yes. to ask questions about uh, Elvis and charts the and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like the little bit where they're like, she's like, "Oh, the Doctor, who had more hits? It was Elvis of the Beatles." And then he goes, "Here comes the sun." <laughs> yeah, he's like, and it's like, it's no, like get not, back to not, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> When literally, here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. the sun. Yeah. It's so fun. Back in the medical bay, Hal stands up and walks towards Abby, stating, Burn with me. He corners her and opens his eyes, unleashing a blinding light that completely vaporizes her. The doctor finds Abby's scan results, which show him, which show him Hal's internal biology has changed. It's not long before Hal, sporting a welder's helmet, finds other crew members... Arena, who he kills, and Ashton, who he converts into a similar being. Quite a brutal death. Yes. Being burned and vaporized alive. Yeah. I am. Um, um, I only have one issue with okay. this. Um, the fact that when you see the outline of her having been vaporized, it, <laughs> uh, quite cartoonish, but it also includes her hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, that got or, vaporized into it as well. Or are we to understand that, quite like Marge Simpson, 
her hair isn't long because it's no, grown it's, out. It's it's part of her head shape. It's part of her head shape. Um, but yeah, it's it leaves a quite a comical sort of thing on the wall. It's very um like uh, Harrison or Han Solo Kryptonite, but or Kryptonite Carbonite yeah, Carbonite. Um, but just she's dead. So yeah, I mean it, it instantly sets the again the stakes of this is what the villain does. Um, that's why you you've got to leave. You've got to get away from him and don't let him open the, yeah. the visor. And I like that they have the the uniform so that you can tell they've mm-hmm. got their sort of. Uh, it reminds me of Blue Man Group with their sort of. Uh, <laughs> it uh, reminds okay. Yeah, because they always open with the when they're when they're doing the paint drums. They have yeah. the welder's helmets that that okay, go yeah. up. Fair. I've never actually seen Blue Man. Have you not? No, I've not seen Blue Man Group. Wow. I think I've seen them three times, twice at Universal, and then Wait, once where... at the SECC. Right. Worth seeing? Yes. Yes, absolutely. What do they do? Um, What's their act? Uh, it's all it's all musical, but with like, uh, it's hard to explain because it's just so unique, but you and have to- They blew themselves. You have to, they blew themselves. Yeah. I just blew myself for the first time in ages. Um. <laughs> But yeah, they 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 do music, but with objects and 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 different things, and it's sort of I don't want to say sciency, but it's it's very clever. Okay, uh, and it's like a it's craft work, not craft work as in like the band craft work, but craft okay. work as in the style of music. Like, like okay, I got you, I got with, you. Yeah, with pipes and stuff. Ashton catches up with Martha and Riley, but they manage to escape, running into a Jettison escape pod, which of course de- which of course activates. Riley is able to deactivate the Jettison sequence. Hal finds Kath, but he seems to recognize her, halting from killing her before uttering, It's your fault. An ice vent above Hal leaks, killing him and alerting Ashton to Kath's location. As Ashton walks away, the Doctor can do nothing but watch as the escape pod is released and Martha and Riley float out into space. It's quite a... I like the shot of the Doctor looking through the porthole. Yes. Um, screaming at yes, Martha. But it's, but it's silent. Just, it's silent, and I'm, I'm really glad that they, they showed that from Martha's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just being from the Doctor's perspective, seeing Martha drift out. Yeah. First off, saves them the budget, because they don't have to <laughs> render the sun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. It's quite yeah, quite a sad moment because it, uh, for all intents and purposes, they, they they shouldn't survive this. No, this is them drifting off, and they've got to accept their death. Yeah, and I I love how I I, I tried to think because I because I noticed it and I couldn't think of any time that Chibnall has done a situation like this in his era. But I like how, especially in the Russell T Davis era, when you are in space and it's really hot, the makeup department put in their work and you can see the dirt and the sweat yeah, the sweat it's yeah. horrible and it's fantastic yeah the aesthetic and, um, of this episode is really cool for that yeah and <laughs> with this shot uh i don't think there's even like score i th- it's completely no, it's just, it's silent. silent yeah and you're like ah oh, all hope is gone yeah and yeah you have the- that's the thing like the score adds so much to how you're experiencing the episode the fact that there was nothing there makes it really really uneasy and yeah. like kind of you've been defeated that's that's it 
yeah like, they're not getting they're not coming back and you get the uh is it the harper technique the harper technique yeah it's the harper something where in in all his episodes he does the the obfuscation. oh yeah the the fish eye sort of yeah sort of thing yes i think that's where you get it with with martha at the pod window Kath lures Ashton into the medical bay, where she shoves him into the stasis chamber, freezing him to death. Martha calls her mum to say goodbye, unaware that a woman is with her, tapping their call, presumably working for the mysterious Harold Saxon. Evil, the, evil. Evil, evil. She's, she's dressed in black, she's got to be evil. Yes. The doctor climbs outside the ship and accesses the ship's magnetic pull control, pulling the escape pod back into the ship. However, as he climbs back, as he climbs back in, he takes a look at the sun, which you should never do. Don't look, don't look, don't look at the sun, everyone. Uh, it's we're in summer now. We've not seen the sun yet, but when it does appear, don't look directly at it. Don't, yeah. It's because uh, you'll turn into one of these things. Especially when you're twenty minutes away from it. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're about twenty minutes away from from the sun. You're gonna, it's gonna burn you. It's gonna really hurt. Think of the, the tan though. Yeah, you... How did they not have cancer of some kind? Get some sunscreen on. Really yeah. good sunscreen. When Martha and Riley return to the ship, they find Captain Kath with the Doctor, who is on the floor writhing in pain, having contracted the virus that infected Hal and Ashton. The Doctor explains that the crew of the SS Pantaloon mined energy from the sun for their, en for their engines, unaware that it was a living organism. He tells Martha and Kath to take him to the med bay to use the stasis chamber to freeze the organism out of him. Meanwhile, Hal begins to move. He's walking up because he's, he's getting warmer again, isn't he? Yeah. So you've got to freeze it and then it can heat back up again because he's getting closer to the sun. It's getting warmer and warmer and warmer. Um, I like the fact that the doctor kind of gets disposed of here. Like, he gets... Mm. He loses, pretty much. And you don't see that often. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, it reminds me of, although it happens later on in the series, uh, Oxygen. Okay. When he goes blind. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I can't see. The one thing with that, though, is in there, that episode, they, they should have made that a permanent choice for a while. I mean, they did, didn't they? They didn't last as long as they should have, but we'll get to that in like I don't even remember how they fix it. Yeah. yeah. While the stasis chamber is operational, Hal deactivates it, halting the process. Kath runs off to find him. Riley meets up with the last remaining crew member, Scannell, and they continue making their way to the control room. Kath finds Hal and lures him into the escape pod room, closing the door behind him and activating the airlock, sending them both out into space. Riley and Scannell reach the control room, as does Martha, who orders them to dump the fuel back into the sun. It works! The Doctor returns to normal, and the auxiliary engines activate, sending the ship rocketing away from the sun. Can't be a very pleasant death being jettisoned out of the escape pod's no. empty space and just falling into the sun. That has got to sting a little. Yeah, they should have played Take My Breath Away. They should have, yeah, they should have done that. Murray Gold, what are you doing? What are you doing? Get that one, yeah. As the Doctor and Martha say their goodbyes to Riley and Scannell, Martha gives Riley a wee smooch. Inside the TARDIS, the Doctor gives her a key, another frequent flyer's privilege. 
Back on Earth and present day, the government workers leave Martha's mother's house, but not before asking if she's voted. It's voting day. It's election day, isn't it? Just got to get that vote out. Yeah. Um, yeah, Martha getting in there with, with Riley. Just giving him a wee, a wee smoochy woochy. Mm. And uh, he's like, well, good to see you again. And she's like, nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Denied. <laughs> Wrong. You're not getting in here. Can I have this box? Yeah. So, yeah, they, they leave in the TARDIS. I, yeah, it's a, a good, concise story. Yes. Not, not much happens. But a lot happens in the mm-hmm. terms of like there's not a very big scale. It's not massive. No. It's just the st- the the stakes are really high because they don't have the TARDIS. They can't run away from it. No. Uh, but that was a. I think it's time for some Whovia. Maybe. Welcome to Whovia, the number one Doctor Who trivia show within a podcast called Who Do Who Think You Are. Uh, we're going to be talking about 42 today. Thank you for joining me, Jordy. As always, uh, we don't have too many points today, but we do have a couple. Um, sadly, no working title point today. I know how much you love those. But we're going to kick things off. In the commentary for this episode, Russell T. Davies stated that he prefers the Doctor in a blue suit when going to the future and a brown suit when going to the past. Have you noticed this before? It's blue suit for the future, brown for the past. Blue suit for the future, brown for the past? Yeah, so he wears a blue suit for this one but because the lighting in the episode it appears brown. Oh. Um... Yeah. Has it happened before? Is it like it has, Metacrisis? He's ha- he's worn the suit before, but Metacrisis does use the blue suit. But um, he, he, he wears different suits depending on where Russell D. Davis sends them in the story. If it's in the future, he's likely going to be in blue. Back in the past, it's going right. to be brown. Uh, 42, the name of the episode, also may refer to the ultimate answer to life, the universe and everything as written by Douglas Adams for mm-hmm. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Now, just remember that you've read the book right yep you've seen the film yeah you wrote an essay on it yeah in an english exam yeah when we didn't study the book yeah i i i failed that prelim <laughs> go, go and tell us what, what 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 happened there i don't even remember what the the the, the question was it was like about um how was it not on cal i think it was probably we were supposed to do cal but the, the one of the the topics, the questions that we could choose from was like how uh, the main character of a novel uh, uh, embodies the title. Um, yeah. So I talked about how Arthur Dent was a hitchhiker, and that's I mean, about it. You got you did you you managed to 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 get it in there. I, I mean, it was a prelim; it doesn't really matter. But yeah, that one. It just when I was reading that trivia point, I was thinking, "Oh, you did that! I did that! You did that!" That was me. Um, Adams also wrote scripts for several Doctor Who episodes back in the day during the seventies. Uh, one of interestingly, in one of the Hitchhiker's Guidebooks, there's also a chapter where the protagonists are caught in a stolen spaceship headed for the sun. So they kind of borrows a lot from from the Hitchhiker stuff. Mm. Um, this episode takes place in the forty second century. Forty two appearing once again. Mm. Um, this episode also takes place in pretty much real time. It, it's it's pretty much bang on in terms of once they're on the spaceship, 
to when yeah. it ends. When they go off, it's pretty much bang on uh, in real time, which was a technique obviously made famous by 24, which is 42 in reverse. Um, the average runtime of a Doctor Who episode also happens to be about 42 minutes. There's a lot, of, they chose that number particularly, very particularly for it. The ship was originally called the Icarus, however, because of sunshine uh, around the same time, which also had a ship called Icarus 2, um, uh. they decided to, to call it the SS Pantalion, uh, which is named after the Pantalion Drive mentioned in the Revenge of the Cybermen, which is one of the old classic episodes back in 1975. Right. Um, the masks worn by the possessed crew members were inspired by, any guesses? Uh. What could they be inspired by? I mean, uh, 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 Jason? Burgies? It's not. It's not. It's another Marvel reference because we've had quite a few recently. Um, it's oh. Cyclops. So oh, they, they directly yeah, so yeah, they try to the take. Sun. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so they tried to take that as the sort of the Cyclops inspiration there. Um, it was suggested originally in the writing room that this story would be set in the exact same era as the Impossible Planet and the Satan's Pit as a spiritual successor episode. Uh, for a time, there was actually consideration that the Ood would be included in this story, um, and that unfortunately did not survive the original draft, mm. but the plan was that this would be another situation. I don't know whether they would have gone because uh, Satan's Pit was, you know, it was it was the devil, maybe a god in this one, just so that you've got the the two sides of it. Um, I, I don't I, know. I like the spiritual success. Um, the sun was the same thing from the rings of akaten which people like to think is a god but it's not a god You're it's just, just a, a parasite, parasite eaten out of jealousy and envy yeah. um so it could well be i couldn't find anything to confirm or deny that so in headcanon i like it i like yeah. it um, the story originally took place in the Pinoy system, uh, but it became the Tajari system following concerns that the original name would be misheard as penis. Pinoy system. The Pinoy. Penis system. The Pinoy system. Pinoy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad they kind of changed that one just yeah. in case. Um, a major set piece was originally involved in the episode, which included the Doctor scaling the exterior of the spacecraft while they orbited the sun, while... Like it would cost a fortune. That um, Russell T Davis completely went. Now nah, we don't. We don't have the money, Chris. Calm, calm down. Calm down. And instead, Chris. it changed to him reaching to get the lever outside the airlock. Um, this was the very first episode Chris Chibnall ever wrote for Doctor Who. He would later take over as showrunner, of course. Um, and as you mentioned there, the Mister Saxon reference in this one is the woman in black who is, you know, wiretapping the phone of Martha's mum. But there you have it. That is all the Whovia for today, Jordy. What did you think? Anything surprising in there? Um, No. I mean, 42 is pretty obviously a reference to 42, the meaning of life, the universe, and everything. And And also the fact that episodes run 45 minutes long, so it's the only... Yeah, they had to sort of start it straight away. Um, yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, but um, yeah, pretty. pretty we we'll be we'll be not, back for some more Hoovia next time. Not bad material to draw inspiration from. Right, they did they did choose some decent, decent stuff. And as a spiritual successor to the Impossible Planet, I would still consider it a spiritual successor. It just it does the same story, just not as good. But if it was originally intended to be that, I think they did a good job. Yeah. 
But that's all the Whovia. We'll be back with human nature next time. Fraser, it's time for the Satan Pit! It is time for the Satan's Pit. Now, I'm I'm really struggling to think of something today. Um, because you know, I quite liked this episode. Mm-hmm. And I was originally going to put something in about this episode. Uh, Chibnall's already in there, so I can't put him in. Um, so, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take something outside of Doctor Who, I think. Am I? No, I'm going to let you go first. You're going first for the Satan's Pit, because I don't have a clue what I'm putting in yet. Okay, well, I'm going to go for, um, in my real life, I uh, work as a bartender, so I'm going to put in uh, people who order drinks that aren't on the menu. So if I was... Do you have a Long Island iced tea on the menu? No. So you'd get annoyed if I ordered... So we have a set menu, and then we have Geordie's special cocktails menu that uh, my my boss has allowed me to do, which is very kind of him. But um, yes, uh, uh, so many people ask for like pina coladas, and mm-hmm. we can't do that because we don't have the the ingredients. If we yeah. have the ingredients for things, I will do them. Uh, Long Island iced tea is a very expensive drink to make. Um, because it is bloody every drink it's all Uh, of the alcohols all of it so um so no we don't do that um but yesterday somebody asked if they can have uh without even looking at the menu they were like uh oh can we have some dry martinis where do you think you are that's yeah it's the middle of nowhere isn't it i mean we have vermouth but it's like it's medium sweet vermouth now for for dry martinis fraser uh, uh yeah. for any sort of martini usually you'd need dry vermouth um yeah. or extra dry vermouth or or sweet vermouth medium vermouth is not one of those extremes and therefore you don't tend to use it a lot okay um, but uh, we don't even have olives. So yeah, what's, all, what's that all about? Get out of here, James Bond. It's ridiculous. Well, that's a good entry into the Saints Pit. Okay. Has my I'm, rambling left you enough time to think of a... It's somewhat. I'm going to put in the cost of living crisis. I okay? did that last time. I think I've done that before. <sighs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in the <laughs> rising cost of food. Okay. Okay. Because you know when you go into Tesco, right? And yes. you've got your shredded cheese, your grated cheese, mm-hmm. and you've got the club card deal. Yes. It used to be two packets of cheese for three pound. Okay. Do you know how much it was today when I went in? Seven pounds. Four pound fifty for two oh. packets of cheese. Damn. Right. That's a one pound fifty increase. Right, that's co- that's a lot of money. Mm. That is a lot of money. There's other things I'm noticing that's gone up in price. Petrol. I don't drive, so it doesn't bother me. Surprised you were buying cheese, to be honest. Because you're not so, a big fan of. I'm cheese. not a big. I'm not a big cheese eater, but making? I do like so burritos. Ah, so okay. what I've I've been doing a lot of meal prep recently, just because I've I've got a lot of busy nights coming you're up. You're a busy boy. 
yeah, I've my schedule for the next few weeks is really quite packed, so I don't have enough time to make things fresh every day, which is really annoying because I enjoy cooking. So today I've been spending making foods. So I'm, well, I made a curry yesterday, um, a lamb and lentil Rogan Josh. I froze some of it. It's in the freezer, and I've got you know portioned out. I made burritos. I made chili beef and rice burritos with cheese in it. But that's I've now made, I've made six burritos. But the cheese, that I could have got an extra packet of cheese for the price it cost me for the two today. It was, it's crazy, but that's my that's what I'm putting up. Cost of living crisis, uh, particularly the, the rising cost of foods. Um, and to relate it to Doctor Who, because of the cost of living and the increase in price of everything, it means that the budget is either have to going to increase or the budget's going to stay the same, but the quality's going to diminish. Yes. So there we go. Um... I'll word it as the the cost of living the cheese crisis the cheese price crisis cheese price crisis yeah yeah but that's why I was getting cheese to meal prep put in burritos because freeze them put them in the oven after from frozen cook them for half an hour got really good cheesy bean burrito or beef burrito mm. is it cheesing you off Fraser it is cheesing me off. Mm. You too can get in on the Satan Pit if you tweet us at Doctor Who Pod with the hashtag the Satan Pit, and we will include your entry in a future episode. Fraser, mm. what did you think of? 42. I 42. really liked it. I really liked it. I thought I was very surprised by it. I think I enjoyed it more because I was surprised. I was going in expecting mm. disappointment, and then I was pleasantly surprised by it. There were some things that I thought it didn't do as well as it should have in just, just in terms of it's it's the impossible planet it's it's a rehash of those episodes a season later and it's also just it's the waters of mars but not as good as well um but for the most part i thought it was quite good i liked the characters that were introduced i liked the the urgency of it it felt like there was immediate danger to the characters um the fact that the doctor actually loses and succumbs to it himself and it, it falls on Martha to be the one to save the day and sort of mm. it allowed her character to progress and I think that's kind of what was needed to set up the next two episodes because until now she has really just been the companion Yeah, like in the Manhattan episodes she doesn't really do much in the Lazarus Project yes yeah, she, she helps and it's her sort of family that's there but it's the doctor that saves the day she's not had that big moment that Rose has had quite a bit in the first two seasons. Um, so I think this this episode particularly established her as a really good companion and as a someone who can save the day. And I think that was needed to go into human nature and family of blood. Um, I am going to give this episode a six. Oh. What do you think? What are you, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, I, 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 I too very much enjoyed this. I was... I was... I was happily surprised. Um, I do think, though, it does share a lot of similarities with... Um, I know Sunshine came out later, but it does still mm. share, uh, uh, share similarities with uh, The Impossible Planet and, and The Satan Pit. Um, but for for what it is, for a, for a condensed story, for a one-part story, um, I do think it was very well crafted it 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 sorts out the the bad guy 
is simple and he's chasing but there's a deeper meaning to it um and and we get we understand how to save the day the solution mm-hmm. to the problem right off the bat because that's what the doctor's like right so this is happening martha you go do that and it, we yeah. get to the end of the episode for that to happen so um yeah it's 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 a nice wee linear uh, narrative with some mm-hmm. uh, with some with some twists and turns and and i quite i quite enjoyed it yeah i quite liked it i think i'm confident enough to say that the bad run of episodes ends with the Lazarus experiment. Like that's the last bad one of this season. Yeah, I'm going to give this. I'm gonna oh, give this Chris. a six point five. Good, fair score. I think it's it's definitely in that area. I yeah. mean, we both sort of agree it's just a less a less enjoyable version of the Impossible Planet Saints Pit mm-hmm. and. It, it it's it's always going to get compared to that because it's the same story. Yeah, it's the same story, just swapping a cold aesthetic for an incredibly hot aesthetic. Yeah. But what did you think? You can tell us at Real Jordy Steele or at B Fraser Porter or at Doctor Who Pod. We also have a Instagram. You can follow us. We also have individual TikToks that you can follow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you not have anything else to 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 to, to plug? To plug, um, you've got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, so um, I made my Cultaholic podcast debut last week. So if you want to hear me chat about wrestling, um, you can go and listen to that. It's on our YouTube channel just now. It's on cultaholic.com or youtube.com forward slash cultaholic. Uh, also on podcast feeds, um, you can tune in at my streams on a Friday night. So this one is going out on a Monday, Jordy. When's this one going out? This, going out, on a this going out on Friday. Yes. This is going out on a Friday. So if you're listening to the day it drops, then I'm streaming at 6 p.m. Wow, wow, wow. So go and go and tune in for that. Um, but yeah, there's nothing else I really can plug at the moment. If you want a cameo, go cultaholic.com forward slash cameo. All that good stuff. We've got. It's it's it's. I've got a busy few weeks coming up. Uh, North Wrestling. We're both going to be there. Hell yeah. So that's when this goes out. It'll be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you're going to be there, say hello, Mark. I think Mark will be there for sure. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good night. It's going to be a good night. Fantastic. Uh, so yeah, uh, next time we've got, we've got a s- spooky scarecrows. Oh, spooky, scary scarecrows. Send shivers down my spine. Yeah. And... That's about it. I hope you have a lovely weekend. And remember, as always, stay hooped.